Hey friends, welcome to Wild Confidence Podcast, where we help one another find, keep, and share our confidence in Christ. I'm your host, Ainsley B. It's an honor to bring you some inspiring conversations with amazing guests. Before we hear today's conversation, I want to kindly ask if you'd leave a five-star review and share this episode with a friend who might like it. I'd also love to connect on Instagram, so find me at Ainsley B. Okay, I can't wait anymore. Let's get to know our guest. Gary Thomas's writing and speaking focuses on bringing people closer to Christ and closer to others. He is the author of 19 books that together have sold over 2 million copies and have been translated into more than a dozen languages. These books include Sacred Marriage, Cherish, Married Sex, and the Gold Medallion Award winner, Authentic Faith. Mr. Gary Thomas, thank you so much for joining us on Wild Confidence today. How are you? I'm doing great, Ainsley. Thank you. Good. We have already talked a little bit about Houston and Colorado and my love for (laughs) these places. So it's just already comforting to have those common threads for sure. Yeah. I'm Um, like, I'm falling in love with this place. I I usually do tend to like wherever I am, but we've been in Colorado for a couple of weeks. Your listeners didn't hear that before. And uh, it's just been wonderful. It is phenomenal. I'm so excited for you. I'm like giddy for you because I'm like, I I want to be in your shoes, especially being sitting in Louisiana today. (laughs) Um, But I do, I just love your work and I'm so thankful that you um, are spending time with us today. The first thing I want to ask you is something that you're, well, you are excited about living in Colorado right now, but what are you currently working on that you're just really excited about? What's kind of, what's the Lord doing right now? Well, I'm excited about starting at this new church, to be honest, Cherry Hills Community Church. I just joined the teaching team and it's just exciting to see what God is doing. And then we just recently launched a, a Substack page. I moved over from just regularly blogging and Substack has just offered me to get a little bit closer to some people. So it's uh, GaryThomasBooks.Substack.com, but I'm just really able on a twice a week just to share some stuff about relationships, share some stuff about the Christian life, even looking forward to trying out other books. And it's really been fun to do that. I love that. I was actually, a, a couple of my friends have just recently gotten on Substack. So I think I need to look a little bit more into it because it seems pretty neat. Yeah, it, it really is about creating a community. And I, I, I think I'm seeing that a little bit more and uh, mm-hmm. I've appreciated what they're doing. That's awesome. So I absolutely love your work. I love, you know, your take on relationships and just all the wisdom that you share on that topic. And I want to take us a little bit back um, to your project of the book, When to Walk Away, because I think that is just, I mean, that's the question, right? Whenever you are in an unhealthy relationship, it's when do I walk away or how do I walk away? What what can this look like? All of those things. But I'd love to hear from your perspective, just what inspired you to write it in the first place? I was the least likely person to write this, Ainsley, in all honesty. I would have been a, a people pleaser, but I had been rubbing up against a few toxic people. And there's one situation where a really good friend of mine, he's been a marriage and family therapist for over 35 years knows scripture, knows his stuff. He was aware of the situation. I found out just how toxic this one person had been. Um, And so I'm just trying to respond as a Christian. And so I said, so what's the response? Now that I know this, how do I 
confront this person? What do I say? And I was shocked. I mean, literally shocked. And he said, my counsel, Gary, because I really trust this guy. My counsel is that you don't engage this person at all. I thought, how can that be a Christian response? I mean, I, yeah. I, I know you're, and he said, I want you to go to the book of Luke. Count how many times Jesus walks away from somebody or let somebody walk away from him without Jesus giving chase. Ainsley, I'm not clinically OCD, but I live in the neighborhood right next door to it. And so <laughs> when somebody I really respect tells me to do this, I went through all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I wrote them down. Actually, it became the, um, uh, an appendix of when to walk away citing instances where Jesus walked away from people or let them walk away from him and he didn't give chase. I would have thought that was a failure on my part. I wasn't loving. Uh, I wasn't surrendered to the spirit. I, I wasn't wise enough. There was something wrong about me that caused us not to be reconciled. But I realized Jesus didn't fail ever. And so I realized I was just looking at it the wrong way. And it revolutionized my life. I wish I would have read the book 25 years ago, to be honest. I think I could have saved myself a lot of time and heartache. It was just a whole new idea for me that sometimes to walk in the footsteps of Jesus is to learn when to walk away. That is, it's so profound because exactly what you were saying before on being a people pleaser, I find that so many people are that way. And that's what that struggle is just, I mean, exactly your struggle is I hear it so often and it can be friendships. It can be a job. It can be, um, a relationship, like it can be all kinds of things. So I think that it's just so valuable to hear that and to hear about, how Jesus did do that and how he, you know, he's perfect. So he, and he is our example. So how we can follow suit and do that with grace and do that with honor. And I'm, I, I love it so much. I'm so thankful that um, you wrote this book because it's so, uh, it's so relevant. It's just so relevant. So just like you um, did with you know, seeking counsel on identifying this, this toxic person, how can we identify toxic people in our lives? If we don't already know they're toxic. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's, it's complicated. It takes you several chapters to explain it, but let me give a stab at it and we can go as okay. deep into it as, as you would like. I think it's important to distinguish between toxic and difficult. Every toxic person is difficult, but not every difficult person is toxic. For instance, I don't want to label somebody toxic too quickly. I tend to be more of a, a passive, more gently, gentle, inclined person. And so if I'm up against a forceful person, a type A personality, which isn't me, it may not necessarily be pleasant to me. That's not toxic. They're, they're different. They yeah. might even irritate me. They might get on my, but that doesn't make them toxic. What makes somebody toxic is when they're taking pieces out of you, so there's less of you left. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You, they, mm -hmm. they, they swallow up your joy. They destroy your peace. They undermine your self-confidence. And, and well-meaning Christians sometimes say, well, what's so bad? That seems so selfish. But the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. So if somebody's swallowing up your joy, they're making you weak. What happens when you become weak? You're less able to reach out to others. You're less able to encourage others. You're less able to give others. If they destroy your peace, you're not sleeping. 
They're haunting your phone at night. You're not worshiping the Lord. You're not available for positive relationships. If they take away your self-confidence, if they're gaslighting you, they're making you feel like you're crazy. You say, well, I guess I don't have anything to say. I'm not going to speak up. I'm not going to share what God has given me. And so they basically take you away from being who God created you to be and doing what God created you to do. Um, some characteristics, they tend to be very controlling. They want mm. you to do what they want you to do, even though we're called to seek first the kingdom of God, that, that God's agenda. If I'm your friend, I said, I want you to do what God is calling you to do. Not what I think God is calling you to do, um, but I really want to help you explore what God is calling you to do. Uh, they tend to be, I call it a murderous spirit. And I know that sounds like hyperbole, but I look at this. If somebody is destroying family gatherings, they're destroying your peace, joy, and, and self-confidence. They destroy the office environment. They, 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 they rip up everything there and they undermine the church leadership, whatnot. They have this murderous spirit about them. Yeah. They're going to eventually be murderous toward you. Mm. And then finally, I've found that they, they love to hate. Paul has two lists in Colossians 3, what we take off and what we put on. What we take off, he says, are anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language, and lying. And what we put on is kindness, compassion, gentleness, patience, and love. Now, the difference is when I read that list, sensitive people wince saying, well, sometimes my anger gets hold of me. Sometimes I'm malicious. I'm, I might gossip a little bit. The difference is there's a difference between toxic acts and toxic people. Toxic people mm -hmm. enjoy being toxic. Uh, a, a healthy relationship is boring to a toxic person. If you're dating someone and they always have to be contentious, they always have to be in a fight, they're always arguing with someone, there's someone who, some reason, they come alive with anger, rage, malice, land. I mean, they, they are bored by healthy relationships with people encouraging each other. They're bored by healthy office environments where we're just trying to get a job done. They're bored by healthy churches where people are just growing. No, they've got to find a, some sinister thing to get involved in. And so when you start to realize that, man, they're really drawn toward the destructive instead of what's good, they don't treat people with kindness and compassion and gentleness they're always raging. Then you start to feel like, I think this might be a toxic person. Yes, absolutely. I love that you even broke it down, like from difficult to toxic and acts and people like that, I think is really, um, really great too, because toxic acts aren't typically as, um, as often, right. Or as intense usually, but the people who, as you said, are bored by healthy relationships or situations. Yes, that's it. That's so it. That's so like how you can identify it. Because I remember whenever I was in an abusive, toxic relationship, it was like a fight. He would want to pick a fight just because I'm like, yeah. everything is chill. Why are we, why is this happening right now? Like It's a sunny 70 degree day. Why are we arguing? Like it didn't even make sense. And it was, just, it was just like, he was bored. Because you, you don't even think that way. I mean, and that's why I think I was the least likely person to write a book on when to walk away because I, I just couldn't, 
understand why people like conflict. I particularly don't like conflict. Why can't we just chill? Why can't we be nice? Why, Why do you have to enjoy that? And I'm glad you got out of it because I like to tell singles the first step toward having a healthy marriage is getting out of an unhealthy dating relationship. Yeah. And if you're dating a toxic person, being with them doesn't make them healthy because what you just said is true. They will be bored with the kind of relationship you want. And if you each want a different kind of relationship, you should not get married. It's it's yes. going to be a disaster if you do. Absolutely. Everything and I find that you, or and I've heard too that whatever you saw in dating is magnified in marriage. Yes. Uh, look, um, a guy, I often say this when I'm talking on dating, a guy who's a little bit too angry as a boyfriend will be much too angry as a husband. Dating gives you a chance to cool off. You're not always yes. there. It's not as intense. Um, and so if you can barely handle your date's anger level now, you're going to be overwhelmed when you get married. One thousand percent. I couldn't agree with you more. And it's so well said because it makes it click. Y'all, it is happening. I am so excited to finally bring you the book that I've been working on called Don't Date a Boo Boo Dude. It is a guide to raise your standards, realize your worth, and remove shame from the dating game. I'm writing this book on a mission that girls everywhere will embrace a wild confidence in their identity in Christ and fulfill the calling that God has placed on their lives. Y'all, it's time to raise the bar, link arms, and fix our crowns. The book is available now. Go get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all the places, all the things. I'm so excited to share this with you. So I'm curious, like as you're studying how Jesus walked away and how he did that um, in his way, what did you find that we could learn from in how he actually did it and what he says about it? Here's what I want your listeners to know, the two things that I think are so key that will give them the strength to walk away. First, Jesus knew he was on a mission. He was more focused on the mission than he was even what people thought of him, even though that seems a little bit crazy. Um, I think a great example is this. Uh, in, in Matthew, there's a, an account where Jesus delivered some a demon-possessed guy of, of many demons and it's that passage where the demons say, well, can you send us into the pigs? And whatever, he's sure, go ahead and the pigs. The pigs run off the cliff. And the townspeople are appalled because their livelihood has just gone off the cliff. You know, you can have a, a garage sale on pork chops and bacon, but once you sell that up, <laughs> your industry is over. But, but here's what they had, which was better than pork. They had Jesus in the flesh. And I think, what yeah. would we pay? Those of us listening to us right now, what would they pay for a weekend to see Jesus, to hear Jesus, to ask Jesus a question? I mean, it's like stand in line for three days, you know, whatever Absolutely. it costs. My, my, they had that, but they were so focused on what they lost economically that the next, that they, they pleaded with Jesus to leave their region is what they said. They pleaded with Jesus, just, just go. How did Jesus respond? Well, look, you got to understand why I, I sent the pigs over the cliff. Do you understand that here was a guy imprisoned by demons? He's been freed. You've seen a miracle. This is Jesus didn't argue with him. The next verse is Jesus got into a boat and went to the other side. 
He didn't walk away. He sailed away. It's the same principle. When they said, we're done with you, Jesus, Jesus walked away. And he knew the problem wasn't his message. Problem one is that what he'd done was a miracle. He freed a man who had been imprisoned by demons. He had the truth. So he knew his mission. Another case, the rich young ruler, and this isn't a toxic guy, but it goes to the sense of mission. It says, you know, Jesus, what do I have to do to follow you? And, and Jesus told him, you have to sell all you have and, and give to the poor. And then one of the gospel writers says he went away very sad because he was very wealthy, which I love. It's, it's sort of a, usually people are going to be very happy if we're very wealthy. But, but one of the gospel writers really strikes me because it says Jesus loved him. And, and there was something unusual about that gospel writer. Jesus had a personal affinity toward this person. And he offers him an incredible offer. He says, and then you can come follow me. That man was the only one other than the 12 disciples that got that personal invitation. He was inviting him to be among the yeah. closest followers. And he said, no. Now, Jesus had the personal affinity. He said, no. Did Jesus chase after? Look, I know 100% seems like a lot. Let's start at 50. I'll disciple you up. It's really, instead, it says Jesus turned to his disciples and said, let me explain to you why it's so difficult for the rich to follow. Now, he knew he was on a mission. So if somebody wasn't interested, he was moving on to people who were interested. Disciples would listen to him. So he would talk to them. I want everybody listening to us to know your life matters. As you're aligned with God, you're given not just salvation, but a mission. And it's the most important message, how to be reconciled to God. It's not about your gifts. It's not about your natural personality or what you can become. It's who the Holy Spirit can be within you, who will give you gifts, who will use your personality, the quirks of your personality, the strengths and weakness of your personality. And that's why I don't want you to be gaslighted by toxic people so you lose self-confidence. I want you to be filled with wonder and promise. God can do miracles through me today. I, I could be seated next to someone who needs an encouraging word. I can, I can be the one person who can give somebody a smile or whatnot that they really need. And who knows how much in despair they are. And so having that sense of mission really gives a sense to us that, that we can walk away from toxic people because Jesus did saying, I don't have time. If people don't want a healthy relationship, I don't have to be in a relationship. So understand your mission. And second, you were made for healthy relationships. It's easier for me to walk away from toxic relationships when I'm engaged in healthy relationships. Yeah. Paul said that to Timothy and trust what I've given you to reliable people who are qualified to teach others. It's not walking away from toxic people to binge watch Netflix, you know, or, or just to waste our time. It's that we want to have healthy relationships. We want to have mentors that we're learning from. We, we want to have Timothy's that the, the people we're investing in. We want to have healthy friendships. And if you're in a toxic relationship where you're trying to talk to your best friend or your spouse or your kids, and you're haunted by that toxic person, trying to figure them out, they're taking you away from your healthy relationships. Mm. And so engage in healthy relationships. It's like this. If you, the, one of the best ways not to eat junk food is to be filled up with good food. When I get really hungry, 
I crave cheeseburgers, fries, and nachos, right? If mm-hmm. I let myself, if, if I'm just kind of hungry and Lisa says, hey, there's this salad and wraps place, that sounds great. If I'm really hungry, well, let's hit the barbecue. Let's hit five guys, you know? it's just, <laughs> yeah. And it's the same thing with relationships. Invest in great relationships. So be a person of mission, invest in healthy relationships, and you're much less susceptible to the influence of toxic people. So good. I I mean, just the simple phrase of like remembering that you're on mission is so is such a good reminder because you truly are like your your mission and your calling and your purpose on this earth is to tell people about Jesus. If you're surrounding yourself or have someone in your life that's sucking the life out of you, that has that just sucking your joy, like where you have no strength, just like you were talking about before, then you're you have to walk away. Like you're you don't have time. There's and not even an option. I mean, you're the only wife your husband can have. And if you're not preserving your confidence and joy and peace to be a great wife, you're stealing from your husband. You're the only mom Goldie has. And so you want to be there. You're the only one that can do this podcast. People are listening in. And so if you have this person where their name comes up on your phone and your blood pressure rises and you feel panic and it's almost traumatic, you don't need to put up with that. That's what I'm trying to say. Jesus walked away from those people. We can walk away from those people, not because we're being selfish, but because we want to give ourselves to where God has called us to give ourselves. There are 5 million thoughts running through my head right now. (laughs) I'm like drinking out of a fire hydrant. I'm so excited um, to process it. And I'm going to listen to this episode 50 million times. If you have ever heard any guest on this podcast and thought, wow, I want a relationship with the Lord like they have, I want to show you a field guide where you can. How to Connect with the Lord Field Guide is available to you by checking out, it's on my website, so ainsleybritton.com. And if you go to the tab that says field guides, you can access this course. It is packed full with information and wisdom on how to connect with the Lord and reintroduce yourself to Him. It is so time to reignite your relationship with the Lord and He is just ready and willing with wide open arms. I'm so excited for you. Check out that film guide. And I wanna go back and just kind of differentiate the toxic versus difficult one more time because I think listening to this, someone might be thinking of someone that's only difficult and grappling with it a little bit. Um, but the, the walk away is from the toxic, right? Is there anything that we could be doing better with the difficult? This is a rogue question. I'm sorry. Right. No, no, I think it's a great question. I I just think we have to realize that the priority set by Paul and Jesus are to invest. And this is, this is going to, it's going to freak some people out listening, okay? Because this isn't going to sound Christian. It's not going to sound nice. It's going to sound elitist. But look at the people that we were told by the Bible to invest. In. Paul said, find reliable people who are qualified to teach others. 2 Timothy 2.2. So when you're making a huge investment, he says you're investing in time who will reproduce. The Bible is all about being fruitful. It's all about reproducing. Mm-hmm. We think the Christian life is defined by what we don't do. <laughs> I don't go to this website. I don't look at that. I don't say right. that word. I don't watch that. 
And, and, and I would think Jesus talked about being fruitful. If you're not producing fruit, the tree gets cut down. And so we want to invest in reliable people. And then Jesus says that making disciples is teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. you. So I should be looking for reliable people who will produce fruit. And I should be looking for people who want to find out what Jesus commands and obey that. That's what Jesus is telling me to find and Paul is telling me to find. And so if someone is just being difficult, I don't know that I need to spend a lot of time investing in them. I can answer a question. I'll never forget. And again, I know, boy, I know this sounds elitist, but let me set this up because Jesus said to his disciples, what? Pray for more workers. Yeah. What he said, there's not enough of us that seek first the kingdom of God. He goes, we need more. So those of us who do see ourselves as workers have to make the most of every time. And there's one young man zealous for the Lord. and uh, He worked with college ministry. And his friend would bring others to him that he could share the faith with him. And he says, why do you want to know about Jesus? He goes, yeah, I'm I'm doing a paper on religions. And I know I've got somebody to talk about Buddhism and somebody to talk about Islam. He goes, thanks. No, I, I don't have time. And, and his friend that brought was, what do you mean you don't have time? And he goes, look, I'm here to find workers. I'm here to find disciples. I only have a limited amount of time. If somebody isn't really seeking after Jesus, I, I have better used to. And you think well, how offensive that is. But you know what? It showed the student, well, he's serious about this. Yeah. Yeah. This means there's a whole different way of life. We have put up. With, with such a, why don't you add a little bit of Jesus into your life? It'll make your marriage a little better. It, it might make your finances better if you apply these principles or whatnot. But when they see people who are sold out saying, I'm here with a mission and I'm going to give, I'm going to love sacrificially if you're a part of that work and want to really find out. But if you're just dipping your toes in, yeah, go talk to someone else. I don't have the time for that. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a current conversation around boundaries that I really like right now that people are learning to put them up and and use boundaries. But, and I think that that's kind of, I don't know, I'm thinking about that in relation to this conversation. And like, there's some people that I want to invest in and, you know, have fewer boundaries with, but then there's those people that I can still love from a distance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and it's an art of discerning their heart. I have these four words mm-hmm. that I really live by. No conviction, no counsel. No conviction. The, the, it, ministry is a cooperation with the Holy Spirit. It's yeah. not about memorizing all the apologetics and knowing all the Bible verses and whatnot. Because when Nicodemus came to Jesus, when the woman at the well came to Jesus, he had lots of time for them. Mm-hmm. If they're asking honest questions, Jesus is interacting. But when the rich young ruler who Jesus loved said, no, I can't do that. He said, okay, we're done. And and he didn't take it personally, even though he had a personal affinity toward him. So yeah, this doesn't, this doesn't counteract evangelism. It focuses evangelism. If somebody is really, are you at a place where you really want to know that there's a different way to live, that you don't want to be the center of your world or your addiction has made you so miserable, or you realize you can't 
do relationships on your own. You want to find out what does it mean to do a relationship with the Holy Spirit, helping me to love and empowering me to give and helping me to. Okay, then I've got all the time in the world. Let's sit and talk. But if I'm not going to try to convince you if you're hostile, if you're toxic, if you're ridiculed, like, okay. Uh, as a people pleaser, a recovering people pleaser, this is all music to my ears. <laughs> like, yes and amen, yes and amen. So let's say that we are, you know, healing from toxic people and just kind of what the toll that they took on our spirits or on our hearts or whatever. Um, do you have any advice for the healing process? I, I do, and I think it's first, I go back to Ephesians 5, 1, that you're a dearly loved child. Those words matter. Dearly loved child. If you're in Christ, you've been adopted into God's family, and he doesn't treat his children like Kleenexes that get thrown away. I mean, it sounds gross, blowing his nose and throwing. <laughs> he, he loves you. And so you're not honoring him when you let people walk over you and abuse you, and haunt you, and terrorize you. He hates it when people treat you that way. So when you walk away from them, you bring joy to God because he doesn't have to watch you be abused. Mm -hmm. Let let me put this in human terms, Ainsley. Just as a pastor, I've worked with um, really sad, some situations. I can think of two situations. One, the husband was in with the toxic wife, and one, the wife was married to a toxic husband. And I also was working with the parents of these spouses. And when finally they realized it had reached a level of toxicity, in both cases, frankly, the other spouses left them. But I'll never forget the moms talking to me in both cases. One said, I have my daughter back. The other one said, I have my son back. Mm. They smile now. I've heard them laugh. I see a new light in their face. They looked and acted like a different person. And I realized when we let toxic people terrorize us, We hurt those that love us. You hurt the God who loves you. You're not, you you think you're being kind to the toxic person, but you're kind of being cruel to the healthy people that love you and hate seeing you abused. And and so have that view of yourself as a dearly loved child. If your parents are toxic, your heavenly parent isn't, right? And, and, And so Find those people who will remind you of God's love, recognize how cherished you are by God, and let that fuel your willingness to not let yourself be abused, if not for your sake, for the God you love, his sake. Yeah, I actually remember exactly what you're saying whenever I was in that unhealthy relationship or toxic relationship. My mom was at the end, you know, I'm in the healing process. She was like, I it felt like a divorce. Like it was so, and we were just dating, but that's how kind of heavy it was for her. And for, um, you know, whenever you get divorced, those that's families that are now parting. And that's what she was like. It felt like a, a ripping apart of a family and the grieving process for her was, I just didn't think about her grieving process. I was just like, I I didn't think about myself, obviously. Well, and that's, it's, it's the mind games that I think Satan yeah. plays on well-meaning people. I just mm-hmm. really have a heart for well-meaning people. How can you be mean to this toxic person? And in the, in the fear of being quote unquote mean to this toxic, not you're just letting the toxic person face their consequences of being toxic. 
but you're actually being mean to the healthy people that love you and are legitimately grieving to see you treated this way. Yeah. Satan lies. And and he'll use guilt to entrap us. And yes, yes. And then sometimes you're so defensive of the relationship that you are actually being mean, you know, like you are, (laughs) sometimes you could be if you're, I remember I was very defensive and I was mean sometimes to my family because I was like, you don't understand, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, So anyway, hundred percent. So can you share just even just one little bit of encouragement to our listeners who may, it may be time to walk away? Yeah, well, again, I would go back to the example of Jesus. What has God called you to do and what has God called you to be? Mm -hmm. And I I would kind of echo what you just said. I'm never more tempted to be toxic than when I'm interacting with a toxic person. Oh, oh, that's good. And so if I find myself tripping up with this one person, but it's not who I am in any other relationship, I Mm. might realize, you know what? We're like gasoline and fire. Fire is good if you want to roast, you know, marshmallows. Gasoline is good (laughs) if you want to drive your car. You put the two together and there's an explosion and it might just be, you know what? It is just not wise for you to be engaged with this person. And it's okay to walk away because you were childhood friends doesn't mean you have to be adult friends. And I I would even say to some of the other ones listening, just because you gave birth to this child, if there's a point where they become toxic as adults, it's different when they're in your home as adults, there's a point where I've seen some have to make just a crucial choice or even, and I hate to say this, but sometimes even in marriage where um, our allegiance to God trumps everything else. Jesus said that there is no even comparison. And so if somebody is keeping you from doing the work that God has called you to do, there's no human allegiance that supersedes that. So Mm -hmm. value who you are in Christ, value the call of God on your life and be willing to walk away when somebody's getting in the way. of that. So good. That is so many amazing, um, just wisdom, all that wisdom that you just gave us. Thank you so much. How can we, you, we already talked about your um, Substack, and I know that your books are available um, anywhere books are sold. <laughs> is your website Gary Thomas Books? Is that right? It, it's GaryThomas.com. GaryThomas.com. Substack okay. is Gary Thomas Book. I didn't get on it soon enough to get to Gary Thomas. So it's GaryThomasBooks.substack.com. But my website is GaryThomas.com, Gary Thomas. and that's all the links to social media and uh, whatnot and listings of books and where I'll be speaking and all that can be found there. Yes. Amazing. Thank you so, so much for hanging out with us today. I, I just can't wait (laughs) to share this episode with everybody. I know it's going to be absolutely life-changing. So I appreciate you so much. Thank you, Ainsley. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out today. I pray that you're able to see yourself how the Lord sees you. So you can hold your head a little higher and shine your confidence a little brighter. I would so appreciate if you would leave a review, subscribe, and share this with a friend. And of course, I want to stay connected with you. Find me on Instagram at Ainsley B. And my website is AinsleyBritton.com. See y'all later.